Welcome to Let's Talk, hosted by David B. Plemons, CPA, Inc. Here, we will focus on the struggle, the juggle, and everyday hustle of small business. We will be here weekly talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles. We welcome your questions and comments, so feel free to email us at admin at We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. We have on our show today, Joseph D. Warren of Financial Planning HQ. We want to thank him for coming in today and giving us an idea of what financial planning is like for the person as well as the company. My name is Thalia Williams. I am the marketing concierge for David B. Plemons CPA. This is the hustle, juggle, and struggle of small business. Let's talk. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Thalia. I'm excited to be here. We're glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Myself, um, my backgrounds, people always are interested. My background is in biochemistry. I'm a financial planner now. Oh, wow. Um, we started our business about a year and a half ago, a year and a half to two years ago. And we used to work with a big insurance company. And the reason we started it was we wanted to focus on giving people advice on what to do, like creating a financial strategy for our clients rather than selling insurance products. So biochemistry, yeah. financial planning, big shift in industries. Yes. What prompted that? I just, I tell a story. I can tell you a story a little bit later about when I went broke um, in my 20s. But there was a, I was studying biochemistry because I was good at it and I was okay. doing okay. But I just didn't like working in the lab. I didn't enjoy it. And I actually ended up quitting my job while I was at UCLA in Los Angeles mm-hmm. with no backup plan, no financial plan or anything. Oh. <laughs> and that's when I went broke and I was kind of struggling living off soup and crackers and came back to town. You know, I was, I work with my dad and my brother. It's a family business. So mm-hmm. my dad was like, hey, do you want to do an internship? I was able to survive, you know, and being in LA, LA for a little bit. And then he said, do you want to do an internship with me? And I said, yeah. And I just really liked it. You know, I Did like working you? around people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biochemistry in the lab doesn't put you around people at all, does it? No, it was very isolating. It wasn't, it didn't fit my personality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I yeah. got you. I got you. So now how long have you said you've been in business? About what, about a year, two years? One or two years, um, year and a half to two years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, do you enjoy, obviously, what you're doing? That internship kind of triggered a love that you didn't know existed, didn't it? it? Yeah, it was different because it it allows you to be more entrepreneurial. You set your own schedule. There's a lot of freedom in being a financial planner. You're At that time, you know, it was more like sales focus, what we were doing. Okay. But now you can really help people achieve their goals. Like if someone wants to buy a beach house, they want to take a vacation to Israel or, you know, Germany or somewhere. You can help them do that, and that's extremely rewarding to me. Mm-hmm. I love that. So why this particular type of service and product? It's just the way we think the industry is going. So we started off more like insurance sales, investment sales, mutual funds, things like that. Mm-hmm. And with the internet and everything growing the way it is, people have access to information. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an old old system. In my opinion, I may be wrong on this, mm-hmm. because people can look up investments, do that type of stuff on their own. What people really need help with is – Figuring out where they want to go and having objective, unbiased advice on how they can get there. Mm. And it's hard to give yourself objective, unbiased advice. True. Very true because yeah. you're very biased. Let's think about it. You're like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to go. Mm-hmm. I'll do some research on the internet because yeah. you can Google anything now, right? Yeah. So you really have to take it to the next level. I think I think creating a financial strategy, telling people this is what you need to do to achieve your goal is 
that's the next level. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan. So now tell me some of the challenges that you've had in running your business, <laughs> you and your dad and your brother. What are some of the hiccups or some of the things in this year and a half, two year process? Because you're basically babies yeah. in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. But your dad, how much experience does he have prior to? He has about 30 years experience at this point. At that point, yeah, 28 about. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of challenges. Right when we were making the transition, our we only had one assistant. She quit right when we were making that transition from going to the big insurance company to starting our own business. Oh. Um, that was a very stressful time. I can so imagine. That was, we started off with challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been you know periods where we lost big clients. That's always very challenging when you lose a big client. But it's also a great learning opportunity. Okay. I think to see – you know, what could we have done better? Was our service not up to par? Things like that. Okay. Um, and then um, there's been times, you know, where there wasn't much business and I kind of had to look at my own financial situation and be like, hey, am I practicing what I'm preaching? That's happened to me earlier in my career. And nice. I kind of had to like say, in order to have integrity, I have to have my own finances in order. That mm-hmm. was something I realized very early on. Okay. All yeah. right. That sounds like a plan because having your own finances in order lends credibility yeah. To what you're saying. Yeah. And if you didn't have those in order, it'd be like trying to sell, oh, I know how to cook, but, or here's a pot and I know how to use it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, explain to me how well it works. You're like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a doctor who smokes or something. It's, mm-hmm. I realized it's very important to have integrity. That was something. I think when I was immature, I was like, I can do what I want. But then at some point, you'd realize you got to practice what you preach. Okay. All right. And, yeah. That sounds good. So now tell me, why do you persist? The challenges you had, I mean, your assistant quit mm-hmm. at, as soon as you all left the corporate world as a insurance broker potentially or something like that to start your own. Yeah. You know, why did you persist? I think it comes down to our mission of just really helping people create a strategy for their future and have well-being and peace of mind. Um, there's been certain times in my career where, like, where people are going through tragedies. You know, either they lost a spouse, they lost a parent, and they're kind of like, they have a plan in place, and you can really see how that helps them to recover and move on, and that's just so rewarding, so um, that's a big part of it. I'll Sometimes I'll look at, like, when I'm in a bad mood or things are going wrong, I'll look at, like, nice things clients have written, um, things like that. Okay. You know, God's also a big part of it, I think. Oh, definitely. Reading Proverbs, I'll read that when I'm, like, in a really bad mood. Things Ooh, are going wrong. okay. <laughs> Get some wisdom. <laughs> Um, I think it's just because the work we're doing is important. It's not, that's another thing I learned. It's not really about me. It's about providing service to our clients so they can live the life they want to do and spend their time doing what they want. Okay. So Mm -hmm. planning is critical. It is. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Planning is critical. Rich or poor, young or old. Hey, tell me this. How critical is support to you in what you do? I mean, you're a family business. Mm -hmm. So did you have buy-in from the rest of the family or were you kind of like crazy brothers and father sons going out there doing this? You're launching out into the sea of entrepreneurship. Yeah. I have a supportive family. I'm I'm blessed to have a supportive family. Okay. Um, I, you know, some friends have, I remember telling me like, why are you focusing on your business? Sometimes that happens, but, um, I think you got to surround yourself with positive people. I'm not really friends with those people anymore um, because it kind of rubs off on you. you. What they're saying gets in your head and you're like, why am I starting a business? Okay. So you got to surround yourself with positivity and it's extremely important. Um, I remember when I first started, I was going through a breakup and I talked to my manager. Even then we didn't even have the business, but 
it's important to me to have people you can, you know, talk to. Mm-hmm. And he gave me great advice. He was like, just, you know, focus on what you're doing. Take it day by day. You'll be, you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now where are you at? I mean, do you have a mixture of business clients and uh, personal clients as well? Mm-hmm. What do you find is the most difficult to handle? Mm-hmm. or the ones that seem to be most challenged in taking your advice or doing the strategic planning? Is it the individuals or is it the companies? Um, our main focus is individuals. So I would say I have less experience in the business space. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely lean on my father and my brother for help with that and other experts that we work with. Um, that would be most challenging for me just because I do it less often, I would okay. say. People who don't aren't trusting, I would say would be the most, that's a red flag that they're not really willing to delegate their finances. They maybe just want ideas, mm-hmm. but they're going to do what they want to do. You want to be the expert. It's like you don't want – like if you get on – say you're getting on a plane, you don't want to have one of the passengers, you know, say like you're doing it wrong. Let me take over the controls. <laughs> True. You know, it's like, no, you're not licensed. You're not trained. Mm-hmm. You need to sit down and be a passenger. Let the pilot and stewardesses do their job. Yeah. I got you. So tell us about a failure you've learned from that you're you personally as a, that financial planner or as the business itself? There are some that I, that are personal that I, I don't think I want to go into, but I think when I learned about integrity was very important. Um, there was a time when I got a big paycheck, very large $30,000 commission check. And um, I basically just went hog wild. I went spending money, wasn't very smart, wasn't practicing good financial planning. Mm-hmm. And it sticks in my mind because later there was a period where we were having like, you know, a dry spell in the business. And I was like, why did, was I, why did I do that? What were you thinking of, <laughs> What was right? I thinking? Yeah. Uh-huh. And that kind of – it was a lot of lessons in that. It was like check your ego, check your pride. Just because something's – good things are happening doesn't mean you're a genius. And just because bad things are happening doesn't mean like you're a fool. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the process. So. so tell us about a success you learned from. Hmm. I think I kind of talked a little bit about that. It's when clients are going through tough times. I can think of a few clients mm-hmm. and they have a plan in place and you're really able to help them to kind of be like, I guess, the port in the storm for them. Mm-hmm. You know, help them to think about the future little by little so they're able to move on and get past the grieving process. Usually it's when a spouse dies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been times where there was a spouse who didn't talk to their partner about finances and they were kind of left. It seemed like they thought they were protecting the partner, but when they passed away, mm-hmm. they were kind of leaving them with a big problem Mm. so being able to help people in that situation too has been very rewarding and see them become empowered and just have less anxiety less worry in their life okay so talk to us a little bit walk us through how you go about you know broaching the subject to someone talking about finances which are always undercover sometimes or behind the cloak or behind the veil so I was just talking about this. We need both spouses present if they're married. Mm-hmm. So we will not meet with just one spouse as a rule. And that's from experience, um, just from knowing that nothing ever moves forward. The other spouse will either like feel left out or it's not good. It's not a good long-term decision. We have them bring all their financial documents to the first meeting. Mm-hmm. So it's important. I mean, that's your financial documents. We need all that information. We start with just talking about what's important to them, what their goals are what they want to work towards, and then we get look at the actual finances. And sometimes people say, um, it's happened a few times, where they're just like, no, I don't, I don't want to show you my finances, which is totally cool because mm-hmm. that would be someone who's not trusting, mm-hmm. and we don't want to work with people who aren't trusting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the challenge that you have sometimes is with those individuals being able to share yeah. those particular items that are 
like behind the veil. Mm-hmm. Also, the ability that they have to see beyond where they are right now. How do you get them, if they're able to, see like where they want to go? How do you create a roadmap for them? Ask questions about it. Like what goals do you have going forward? Kind of, We talk about money and like what money means to them. Mm-hmm. We find a lot of times that money's not the most important thing. It's just kind of like a tool that people use for to get what they want to get. And once we have it all, we put it all on paper. We know what they want to work towards. Say someone wants to buy a Corvette, a red Corvette. Um, and then we actually create a strategy. It's a good song. That's why I said it. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, that's a, that's something that's not too unrealistic because mm -hmm. people want those material things, but they also want to travel. Maybe they want to do something for their children, their grandchildren, you know, creating those educational opportunities. I think also a lot of times the challenge is realizing they have more than what they really think they have. Oh yeah. And how do you help them see that? That yeah. they have more than what they really have. So sort of like going from like a scarcity mentality to an abundance mentality, mm-hmm. enjoying what you have. I mean, we just have conversations about it. It's just, I think it's just so important to have, have it out, out in the open. Okay. And I mean, people are who they are. They have their personality, but I'll, I'll tell clients, you know, enjoy yourself. Especially clients who are going through a tough time. I'll say like, you know, try to take some time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And just showing them the numbers. Like sometimes you can show a client, you have money to age 100. There's a 99% chance, even if the market's crashing, that you'll be fine. So... Enjoy it. So what does success look like to you? To me, um, this has evolved over the years. Success isn't having a lot of money. Success is having the freedom to do whatever you want with your time. Mm. So being able to work on something that you really are passionate about and enjoy, but not having to work, you know, to pay off debt. Say, if you want to take a vacation or spend time with your family, being able to do that. That's what I would define as success. And you can do that, you know, being super rich, the ultra wealthy can do that, of course. It's maybe a little bit easier, but you can even do that being middle class mm. if you really plan things out. Okay. All right. So if you had to do it all over again, what yeah. would you do differently, if anything? <laughs> I mean, the main thing I would say is just check your ego, check your pride. I think that's part of being a young man. Maybe sometimes is you're kind of like get full of yourself when you're successful. Uh-huh. And me on the opposite side, it's like when I'm not successful, I've, it's the exact opposite. I feel like a failure. I feel really bad. Um, so I'll just say that's all a part of the process. Life is up and downs. Mm-hmm. And just keep a level head. Keep going. And if you don't give up, sooner or later things start happening. There's opportunities that will come up. Okay. So tell me, who is your ideal customer? Who for you is your ideal customer? And then who for your family's firm is an ideal customer? Mm. So I would say people who are trusting, as I said, people who understand that time is way more valuable than money, mm-hmm. that really you're delegating it so that you can spend time doing things you want to do. So you're not having to be looking at CNBC every day, unless you enjoy doing it. Like I kind of, sometimes I enjoy, you know, playing around with stocks. Um, Or you can even do it as a hobby, but you have to understand that your time is your most important thing. Mm -hmm. People who are grateful just enjoy life, not people who hate life. Mm -hmm. Like I was talking about positivity, you want people who are positive and open-minded, willing to accept new ideas, you know, at least consider new ideas. Those would be the personality traits, and usually are it's usually older people who start thinking about their money. Usually after age forty, people are like, "Okay, I got to start doing some planning." Well, <laughs> would you offer uh, some insight into why it would be best to start earlier than forty? Yeah, isn't there a rule of seventy-two or something? Yeah, because compound interest—you start earning interest on interest, and when you have time, I was talking to a group of um, high school students at East Central High School about a week week or two ago, 
And I was like, you guys are so blessed. You have so much time. I know you probably don't have a lot of money right now, but um, you know, if you just put $50 a month away, you could be millionaires and you wouldn't even have to worry about it. And were, they, you, were they shocked by that thought? I showed them, yeah. I showed them a penny. I did the penny doubling. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. But yes. Okay, two pennies, four pennies, and then it ends up being like $10 million after 30 days or $5 million. After 30 days? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I think I'm going to try that. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try that. Just double a penny. Just keep doubling the penny. And even when you're young, you can afford to take on more risks, too. I think that's the time. You can recover. You can, you know, start a business, do mm-hmm. all these things and recover. I guess not as, not, I don't want to say tied down, but. Like if you're 10 years from retirement, you don't want to be putting all your money in like this one oil prospecting deal. Mm -hmm. But you could do that if you were young and you had money. Okay. And that would be fine. Talk a little bit about levels of risk. Uh Because some of our audience may not understand Mm -hmm. the various levels of risk. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So the lowest level of risk would be just wanting your money to stay where it is. Give us an example. Maybe a savings account. The lowest risk would just be putting cash under your mattress. (laughs) Um, but it's, okay. there's risks associated with everything. And mm-hmm. with that, you're losing 2% a year. Things are getting more expensive. It's become very clear to me. Maybe that means I'm getting older, that things are getting expensive. Mm-hmm. I remember when you could go to the movies for $5 or mm-hmm. $4. Then you could start taking more risks. You kind of get rewarded for risks. The more risk you take, the more chance there is for it to go up and you make a profit. Okay. Um, you know, bonds are considered less risky. Mm-hmm. It's making a loan to a company and they're paying you um, – they're paying you – back basically for the loan with interest. Mm-hmm. So you're on the receiving end of interest. And then you have stocks, which are more mutual funds, which would be a little bit less risky. Those are um, a basket of stocks, mm-hmm. usually are bonds. And as you move more towards having companies, that becomes riskier and riskier. And then the riskier the companies are, so say you're buying like penny stocks, that would be extremely speculative and risky. Mm-hmm. Or you know options if you're just doing it with like no um, backup or no... Um, insurance on it, then Mm -hmm. it's risky. Okay. So you can go from putting your money under a bed and collecting nothing on it to going to options and stocks and things like that. Yeah. And that's not even considering real estate. There's a lot of other ways to make money. Your own business, Mm -hmm. you know, you could start your own business. Okay. Take big risks. A lot of people have done that. Yes. Most entrepreneurs (laughs) are in that big risk type of area. I think the challenge is for people to understand the various levels of risk. Like you said, there's anything, Mm -hmm. everything has risk to it, but understanding what your tolerance of risk is, because if you're not willing to like put everything in one basket Mm -hmm. and hope for the best, you're like, I'm risk adverse. Mm -hmm. I only will tolerate so much. But as a business owner, you're already in a risk situation. Yeah. Because you're a business owner. Yeah. It's important to control your risk or know what you're comfortable with beforehand while you're thinking logically because emotions come into play and it becomes possible to make mistakes, mm-hmm. um, which I've done too before with investments myself. So Now, we have you as a financial planner. And on one of our previous episodes, we talked about the power five. And financial planners play into that quite a bit. So for a business owner, outside of just their own personal assets, would you say that planning for the future as well as if someone was to take over the business, would that be critical? Extremely critical, and so few people think about it, yes. Um, it's so important to have a plan for the future. Um, if you want your business to have a legacy, you would need someone to take it over. Or if you're planning to sell it, which is cool too, then or you can create an income from it for yourself, mm-hmm. depending on you know how you feel about the business. That's a very personal decision, but planning is extremely important. It's just like personal financial planning you should know. 
Where's the money going? Mm -hmm. What's making me a profit? What's helping me out? What's hurting me? You know, things like that. So are there specific order of steps that someone should take? If you were to sit down with someone across the table and say, hey, what is it that you want to do? Yeah. And they tell you, well, we want to save for our children's future or we want to be in a position to travel the world when we get 60. Mm -hmm. They're 40 years old right now, as an example. Yeah. What type of um, direction would you offer them? It's like when you're at the mall and you look at the map, it says you are here. First, you got to know exactly where you are and figure out like why you why you ended up there. And then you just got to figure out where you want to go. And then it's just a strategy. That, that's where logic comes in. It's like save this amount of money, um, maybe cut this expense, whatever you, they need to do. Invest, set up an investment portfolio. Okay. Give me some advice for our audience. Regarding money, I would say pay attention to your money because um, if you don't pay attention to it, it'll leave you. Um, it's Valentine's Day. So like it's like a, you're in a relationship with someone and you just never pay attention to them. They're talking to you. Um, you're like, no, I'm watching not Netflix. I don't want to talk to you. Sooner or later, they're going to leave you. <laughs> so same thing with money. If you don't pay attention to it, it's just human nature that as you get more money, you'll start spending it like I was before and it'll just, it'll be gone. Mm -hmm. And that's if you're making 300,000 or you're making 30,000. What more. else? I made some mistakes before. Don't treat your employees like friends. Mm -hmm. That's something I did once. Mm -hmm. And I lost a very good, very smart employee because of that. Mm -hmm. um, so don't, don't do that. Employees, are, it's more a professional relationship. And just keep going. Like, don't give up. Because there's going to be times where you're going to want to give up. Usually it's darkest before the dawn, so just keep going. Find, find that strength and second wind. Second wind? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, Joseph Warren, we want to thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, we appreciate it. And could you give us your contact information, please? Yeah. Um, if you have any questions, my phone number is 210-748-6699. My email address is joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, at financialhq.net. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can search me as Joseph D. Warren on LinkedIn. Great. Well, thank you once again for joining us. Have a great day. David B. Plemons CPA presents a masterclass, Street Smart. Street Smart is for entrepreneurs, startups, and new ideas. Glean from the master of business development, Mr. Rudy De La Garza. Topics include choosing the right entity, pro forma, assumptions, percentage to market, what investors are looking for, realistic growth plans, and so much more. That will be held on Tuesday, May 5th, 12th, and 19th, 2020, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Launch SA, 600 Soledad, San Antonio, Texas, 78205. The cost for this event is $225 per person for all three sessions. Registration will close May 1st, 2020. Please join us. You can register on Eventbrite. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at And don't forget to check out our website, PlemonsCPA.com, for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on The Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business Podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. 
Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.